Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. I say it every week, but this show has been made possible by a generous grant that we receive so that we can come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you find in Christian Living Magazine. I am so excited today to have my friend Corey Fries, the Idaho State Coordinator of NNYM, or National Network of Youth Ministries, for those who don't speak acronym. We covered Corey and his work with NNYM way back in March, April 2016. I think it's time we caught up. All right. (laughs) Corey, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be here. Appreciate your invite. Are you... Bless your heart. I have hounded you for two or three weeks. We we need to get together. and, And then... There was a reason for it. Here we are. So let's chat. I know we talked about this, but that was five years ago. Let's talk a little bit about Corey Freeze because part of, you know, people who read my publisher's corner know that I was not raised in the church. Yeah. And and so and I and I own my prodigal testimony because that is part of my makeup. But like me, you came to Christ at 20. I came to Christ at 20, um, was raised in a uh, a Catholic home and uh, went to service regularly. Uh, which is interesting as I look back at it now, because I heard the Word of God on a regular basis. And so the beauty of that is when I go back now, I went back and visited my mom and we went to service together. And I'm like, my eyes are open now and I can hear and see the Word of God in that service. Um, But uh, yeah, I was raised Catholic. Uh, Also, uh, just I have a twin brother and he and I just had a lot of fun together. And uh, it wasn't until I went to college that uh, I started being challenged by my RAs, uh, residence assistants, to think about Jesus. And um, the story that I tell is uh, one of my RAs asked me, Corey, what is keeping you from receiving or accepting Jesus? And I, I told him, I said, I just know how sinful I am. And he said, well, Corey, when you take a shower, do you clean up before you get in the shower? And I said, no, I I just get in. And he said, that's what a relationship with Jesus is like. You just get in. You don't need to clean up to get in. You just enter into that. And that really stuck to me as I thought about, okay, what does that mean now that I'm confronted with the fact that I'm a sinner, but uh, I also don't need to clean myself up, that God will clean me up. And it was, uh, I I don't remember the exact day, but I was in my dorm room and I uh, was watching the 700 Club. I don't know why I was watching the 700 Club. Because that's what 20-year-olds do. Yeah, I guess. No. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, was given an invitation to receive Christ. I accepted Christ and called the 1-800 number at the bottom of the screen and talked to somebody in Alabama or somewhere. And that's kind of how it all started. And uh, just God does some <laughs> amazing things. God uses so many different avenues to bring people into his kingdom. And uh, I'm just one story of it. That's that is way cool, and and you know those people at the seven hundred club, they got up that morning and they said, "If we challenge one life, yeah, and one life." They rejoiced over that phone call. Yep, the one lost sheep came home that day. You know, you and I both do ministry work, mostly full time, and yes. and every day it's that one thing. Let me touch one life. You know, whatever life it is you bring into my life today, God, yep. if it's just one life, I'll be I'll be happy. Yeah, here I am. Use me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, um. So I was trying to recall how we even met. 
we've been friends for so long, I don't even remember how we met. Yeah, probably a random meeting or somebody said your name or my name and we connected. So the, the one thing I know is that the name when I hear your name, mm-hmm. you know, it's always that you see those in social media. What do you think of when you hear my name? I hope mm. I hope it's friend. Well, it is always friend, but your name in my mind is synonymous with youth ministry, youth youth work, working with the youth workers. Yes, yeah. I, I you know I moved to Idaho in '93, got married in '94, and then '95, uh, my wife and I started helping out at the youth ministry at the church we were attending at the time. And uh, we both thought we would actually go on staff with Campus Crusade, but that's not God. That wasn't his plan. And we started serving, loving kids, uh, doing ministry. And I had an elder of that church approach me and say, hey, we think you might be gifted in a couple areas. Would you consider maybe getting a degree in ministry or something like that? And uh, it's like, okay, what does this mean? But, uh, you know, since 1995, I've been working with students and I keep telling the Lord if they want to be around me and hang out with me and share their lives with me, then I'm available and they still keep wanting to do it. So that's, uh, what is that? Over 20 years now that's, working in youth ministry. Yes, it is. It's um, since 95. Um, yep. Yeah. That's like 26 years ago. Okay. 26 years. <laughs> yeah. The quick and easy math was I got married in 96. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, cheater math. You've done it all. Boots on the ground. I've done a lot. I I, uh, I started when I my first youth ministry. I had about twelve kids, and we we built that ministry up and did a lot of crazy things. Did missions trips that I never thought I'd go on, and ended up uh, working with uh, multiple churches in the area, collaborating because when you are in youth ministry, it's a very isolated and and lonely place at times because. Everybody thinks that you have a guitar and and you just love hanging out with kids. But the reality is, I was thinking about this, the reality is most youth workers, uh, they actually run a church within a church. If uh, if you think about it, they have, hopefully they have some volunteers. They have probably some people doing worship. They have some people doing Bible studies or discipleship. They have people kind of leading activities, doing mission. I mean, there's a whole uh, slew of activity that happens with inside of a youth ministry. And uh, a lot of people go, well, what do you do all day? And the reality is what a youth worker does all day is planning, research, communicating, making phone calls, talking with students, setting up Bible studies. There's just a lot that that goes on behind the scenes. Admin. Admin stuff, which uh, I am not very, I'm not a very good administrator, so I always had to have somebody help me out with that. And, uh, you know, when, when I think it was around 2006 or 2007 that I met a gentleman by the name of Chris Renzelman, and he was on staff with the National Network of Youth Ministries, and I didn't know what it was at the time. And uh, we got together. He actually lives in Seattle. We got together. He was doing some uh, boots on the ground research in Idaho, see if there's anybody interested in doing uh, networking. And we had already had a network. I mean, if, if uh, your listeners don't uh, realize this, there has been a network of youth workers in the Boise Treasure Valley area going way back before 1995. And uh, God has just kept that thread moving forward. But when I got involved with Chris Renzelman, he told me that the National Network of Youth Ministries is all about uh, bringing youth workers together to pray, to share resources, to think about strategies, and to build relationships with one another so that every kid, every student can hear about Jesus in their area. And when we think about how do we reach every student 
in our area. It's actually a pretty big, uh, big goal. Yeah. It's a big goal because one of the calculations that I've done is that if we wanted to reach every student in Idaho with the gospel, every youth ministry would have to be averaging 450 students or at least targeting 450 students to reach that number. And the average youth ministry is around 30, 40 yeah. number of students. And so the reality is that it's just not uh, the church youth ministry, it's the parachurch youth ministries, it's the, uh, the, the nonprofit youth ministries, it's the teachers, it's the educators, it's the employers. Uh, just because you may have a job title that doesn't have youth in it, that doesn't mean you're not a youth worker. Uh, a youth worker, <laughs> in my definition, is anybody that works with students. And that could be, you know, nursery all the way through college. And so when we think about youth workers, if, uh, if you're listening and you work or you're next to or you're in a job that there's somebody between the age of uh, zero and 30, you're probably a youth worker. You just didn't know it. <laughs> and you have the opportunity to influence uh, the next generation for Christ. In your article, you even... You even call out us grandparents. I do. You know, grandparents, um, I will say, and I didn't mention this earlier, but I believe I'm a believer because my grandma prayed for me. And uh, she was the first person to give me a Bible. And I believe that I came into kingdom because she prayed. And the reality is, uh, our, again, our, our fight, our, our battle in this world is not against flesh and blood. Our battle, our fight is against the principalities, against the darkness uh, in the unseen world. And I think that my grandma did a lot of hard work uh, battling for my soul. And uh, I would love to see a, a group of um, grandmas and grandpas uh, rise up and start praying, yeah. praying for this next generation. There's a lot of things that are happening in our world with, that uh, centers around conflict. And what we do with the National Network of Youth Ministries is we, we want to center around unity and we want to center around gathering people together of different Christian flavors, if I can put it that way. Is that, is that cross a nice, denominational yeah, lines. cross denominational lines? Because the reality is, our center focus is Christ. All of us want to proclaim Jesus Christ and reach out to the world around us. And so, John, uh, Jesus prays in John chapter seventeen that we would be one, as He and the Father are one, so that the world may know of Jesus. And mm -hmm. so, it's our unity. Uh, I, that I believe proclaims when we can get along with one another, not that we won't agree on everything, but when we love one another well and we live in unity, I believe it proclaims the kingdom of God. And that's what we are about. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, I think, and, and we're beforehand we were talking about things we were going to talk about today. And one of the things we were going to talk about is the effect COVID has had on, on yes. the unity and the teachers and all of that. But I think something too that we have gotten sucked into as a society is because everybody's had an opinion, yeah. whether it was about masks or yep. vaccines or whatever. And I'm not going to proclaim aside, but it has been so hostile that I believe, and I've seen it in my own circles, that people think that if we don't agree, we can't can no longer be friends, yes. which is contrary to the greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And so I, I love that because Christ didn't draw denominational lines. No. You know, if, if you belong to a denomination that doesn't dance, that's, 
Christ didn't say that. Yeah. And so I, the big thing is unity, to love your neighbor. Well, one of the things that we talk about is laying down your logos and your egos so yeah. that the kingdom of God can be proclaimed. And I think that one of the biggest obstacles at times is our own our own ego, our own pride, or our own belief system. And we, we start saying things like, well, if it's not done this way, then I'm not going to participate. Yep. Well, uh, I've been watching The Chosen, and um, one of the great lines in the first season was, "Get Jesus said, get used to different. Yeah. And the reality is that God's kingdom, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, it's about seeds being spread on the ground. And p- some people are seed spreaders, and some people are harvesters. Yep. And we all participate in building his kingdom. And the reality is, is at the end of the day, uh, it will be, are you in the kingdom or not? It won't be, what did you think about masks? We're no. not going to be asked about that. No. Um, but we all need to, and I believe this, all of us, not just pastors or youth pastors or youth workers, all of us are called to participate in building up the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Each one of us. And we are called to seek, God, what is your role for me to bring your kingdom? Yeah. And how do I do that? And so uh, what I do with the National Network of Youth Ministries is I go and I speak to a wide variety of youth workers, asking them, challenging them, encouraging them to participate in building up the kingdom, not just putting on programs. And we have a lot of phenomenal youth ministry activities here in the Treasure Valley that uh, I could go on and on. But uh, the, the one thing that has happened since COVID is uh, we've done these United Nights. And when I say we, it's not me, Corey Freeze. It's we, the youth workers, uh, youth pastors in the Treasure Valley, where they've gathered over a 1,000 students. Uh, They gather across denominational lines, and they have a time of prayer, they have time of worship, they have games and activities, they have food. But the whole night is about solidarity and unity and coming together and saying, we are one, we want to be one. And they just did that in April. And it was uh, over a thousand people showed up again. I think they were ready for it this time. They're, they're they were ready to get back yeah, together. Yep. So people are ready for normal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I met a gal earlier this week at the village for coffee, and I sat out there by the fountain. I was a few minutes early, and I'm and I'm looking around, and I'm like, this is the most normal I felt in 16 months. I know. <laughs> I know. So, and I and I never slowed down much, you know. But yeah, I, I was cautious because my husband's high risk, but. I just, it felt normal. And I thought, I'm so hungry for normal. We're hungry for relationship is really what we're hungry for. We've been able to see each other on screens and talk through microphones, but it's the the relational side of things that we're really hungry to to experience again. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, we, we, we kind of alluded to COVID a little bit. And one of the primary youth workers is our beloved teachers. Yes. And... I, I don't, looking back over my history and the teachers that impacted my life, I know that although they were very cautious about using Jesus's name, that they were Christian. Yes. I, I can tell you which teachers prayed over me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they never said it. They just, I just know. And yeah. so let's talk about this because our teachers are at a crossroads. This is a, a tough time. Yeah. My wife is an educator in, in the area. And then I also work part-time where I help low-income, limited-income, limited-income, first-generation students figure out what they want to do after high school. And we, I don't want to say crisis, but we are heading into a very 
I'm concerned. I'm concerned about one, the number of teachers that are leaving yep. because they're, they're burned out. I mean, what we have asked our teachers to do over this past year and a half has been extreme. And yes. what I, my wife would come home and share stories. And I'm like, how can they ask you to do that? It's just impossible. But at the same time, uh, we are at the crossroads of opportunity. And uh, our teachers are our greatest resources when reaching out to students. Uh, we have, how do I say this nicely? There are people out there that will say negative things about our school districts or the school or what they teach. But I tell you, there are more believing teachers yeah. in our school districts here in Idaho that want to love students well and care for them. And um, we really actually, we should be praying that God raises up teachers, believing teachers to, to those positions because they're with our students all week long. Absolutely. And let's be honest, you don't become an educator, a teacher, especially not of younger children without loving children and caring. You no. No. wholeheartedly about children. No. And, you know, it. I'll give you one situation for me, because as a teacher, you do walk a fine line between what you say and what you don't say. But I was doing an after-school program, and uh, one of my students couldn't attend the program because she was taking a final. And so I had about 15 students, and this other student was in this final for a couple hours. And we're kind of waiting for her to show up so we can get the after-school program to start. And another student said maybe we should pray for her. And I'm like, well, that's a very good idea. Why don't we all take a moment and let's pray for uh, this student. And I believe as if you're listening to this program and you know an educator, would you commit to praying for them on a regular basis? Pray that they would have opportunities to see and experience the presence of God in their classroom. Yeah because it's those little opportunities that uh, we get to speak into. And I got to speak into this situation and I didn't initiate the prayer, a student did. And all of a sudden, I don't know where all these 14 students, I don't know what they believe, uh, but here we are, we're praying for this kid taking a final. And again, your kingdom come and your will be done as on earth as it is in heaven. And God did a little kingdom work right there with these kids. So. Right there, maybe that student has been involved in see you at the pole could have been which could have been which although in nym how does that because it has to be student-led yeah so with uh, see you at the pole is an activity that happens every september and uh, the national network of youth ministries kind of organizes it through youth ministries but uh, the idea is that students gather around their flagpole around the third week or second or third week of september and they pray for their school it has to be student-led you can't you know, as i uh, as an adult, you can't just show up and start praying at a flagpole. But uh, the National Network of Youth Ministries is kind of like the skeleton behind the whole thing. We give it structure. We give it, you know, information. We we kind of direct people on how to go about doing it. But then how they work it out on their own campus is their choice. Yeah. And allowing students to gather around their flagpole just as a representation of their belief in Jesus Christ and to pray for their school, pray for their administrators, pray for those that are going to be teaching that year. That's, and, that's so cool. And there, you know, there is another organization, and I won't name names, but um, that they encourage people, they're, they're prayer warriors, every time you drive through a school zone, pray yeah. over that school, regardless yeah. of whether you know a student or a teacher at that no. school, every time you drive through a school zone. And I think about that every time I see the flashing lights at a school zone. It's yeah. like, pray when over you, these people. When yeah. you drive by a school, don't close your eyes, but 
you know, lift up a prayer. Um, as, you know, one of the things that I've actually done is when I get frustrated that I have to slow down to 20, yeah. then I remind myself that maybe it's a good idea to slow down and pray yep. and pray for this, pray for the students and pray for the teachers. And, uh, that's, you know, the, I, I think we miss opportunities when we forget to pray. I'm not a great person to talk about prayer because I miss a lot of opportunities, but I'm trying to learn to listen a lot more. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about, cause we're getting shy on time here. Yeah. You said that there's been a network here for years long before you, but you were you were the Boise network leader. And then when you stepped out of that role, my friend Brian Seidel, who's Brian now the senior in. pastor at Oregon Trail Church over in Caldwell, stepped in. So who's the who's the is is there one network in Boise today? Is there multiple networks? Who's there's, the leaders? There's of those? one. We have a um, so we have a leadership collaborative of about four different five different youth pastors in the area. Uh, Terrell and Adam, and I'm going to forget people if I try to start naming names, but uh, um, we are, you know, when COVID hit, it it kind of took youth workers away from the network because they had to focus more on what they were doing in, in-house. Yep. But about three, three months ago, we started getting together again, and uh, we actually had one last week, and great turnout, and Terrell led it, and it was just great. Uh, I would love to see some networks pop up in Nampa and Caldwell. And it's it's more of just finding those people that want to lead those networks. And so, how can you find out if there is a network in your area? And if there's not, how can you? Where do you where do you go to 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 show interest in starting one? Um, well, I'm always about relationships, so I would say contact me, Corey okay. Freeze, and uh, you can reach me at C Freeze. That's the letter C F R E E S E at n n y m dot org. Um, that would be the probably the best way. But uh, you can go to www.nnym.org, and it's our website, and you can navigate through there to see if there's a network in your area. But uh, if there's not a network in your area, then we, uh, we'd love to get one started. And I will come, I will, if you're in Idaho, I will come to, and meet with you, and we can get one started. The National Network of Youth Ministries is all over the United States. And yeah. so the beauty of it is that if you're listening to this program and you live in Tennessee, well, we have somebody in that area that can help you out. So uh, you don't have to be just in Idaho. So um, you can find it on nnym. You can find it on nnym.org. And we're all over the United States. We have regional directors. We have state directors and different things like that. That is so cool. You do you do so much. You talked a little bit, and we are just down to the last seconds. Yep. Are there any events coming up? Well, not NNYM events, but the thing that I would encourage everybody to be praying for are summer camps and summer programs. A lot of the churches, you, we have uh, vacation Bible schools that are going to be going on throughout the summer. Yep. We have summer camps that are going to be happening. We have, uh, and just different types of programming throughout the summer. The summer is a great place for students to invite their non-Christian friends to attend their youth activities. Because they're looking for something They're looking to do. for something to do. Yep. And so that would be a, a great avenue. But, uh, you know, I know we're out of time, but I do want to share this one thing. Um, there's an organization that has a... Uh, a goal of reaching 10 million students in 10 years. And so we have an opportunity in Boise, Idaho to be a test site. And so uh, it's not necessarily uh, something that's a planned thing, but we're, I'm hoping to gather 10 to 15 youth workers uh, that can go through this, um, this organization's program starting in the fall. And that would be, that'd be something that I would be interested in. I would, well, interested is not the word. I, I'm excited about that opportunity. 
That's cool. And, and if, for more information, they can email you at cfreeze at nnym.org. Correct. They can. That's awesome. Corey, thank you so much. And thank you for the work you do with our with our youth ministry workers at, yeah. of all levels. Um, if you'd like to go back and read the original story on Corey and NNYM, simply go to our website, christianlivingmag.com, and under Past Issues tab, scroll way down to March, April 2016, and you'll find it on pages 10 and 11. Folks, this brings our time to an end this week. We invite you back next week when we, I promise, we'll have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.